At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Once again, unfortunately, this week, minus Rossi, he, you know, he's, he's busy. He's just like last time where he was prepping for Daytona. This time he's prepping for the 12 hours of Sebring. He's got to go drive his Acura Penske as fast as he can around the clock once. So we're doing this one without him. But it's a very special episode with a very special guest. We're very excited to bring him on today. Uh, he is my best friend, my teammate, and an inspiration to millions of people around the world at the moment. Obviously, we're talking about Mr. Robert Wickens, who today, right now, turned 30. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Woo! It feels same but different. Same but different. Yeah. How do you feel different? Um, I, I don't know yet, to be honest. I was going to make a leg joke, but then I thought that wasn't... <laughs> That wasn't fitting. <laughs> it's in poor taste. Feeting. Was it? <laughs> there it is. There you go. There's the joke. <laughs> Wait, where, where are you guys right now? Because I want everybody else to be as jealous as I am. We, uh, we're currently in the Bahamas. We figured, you know, there's nowhere better to celebrate a 30th birthday than, uh, than the Bahamas. So straight from St. Pete, we uh, jumped on over to the islands. and Because it's also today, we're, we're recording on... Uh, March 13th, which is Rob's birthday, but it's also Marco's birthday, so it's kind of a two-for-one and double whammy. He's here somewhere, but I think he's sleeping. So we'll just wish we'll just wish Marco a happy birthday, too. He's going to have some FOMO. Definitely going to have some FOMO. So do you guys mind if I start off with the first question? Absolutely. I'm going to hang up the phone now and disconnect them, and we can carry <laughs> on with a good podcast. I thought you weren't going to speak. <laughs> Robbie only agreed to be on the show under the condition that Thim did not say a word. I get that, um, but I feel like I feel like we have him trapped there. So that I I worked with Marco to get him trapped there. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, take well, it away, Tim. So, Robbie, you know, obviously over the course of the last few months, everybody's been very impressed with your progress. As you've seen from my multiple drunk text, I myself, like everybody else, has been touched by it and amazed by your perseverance through everything. So I want to ask you the question that I think America wants to know the answer to. I, you know, I'll go a step further. That I think the world wants to know the answer to. Why don't you follow me on Twitter? <laughs> um, I wasn't aware I didn't, Thim. I mean, I searched Thim on, on, <laughs> on Twitter, but I don't find a check mark beside it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident we've had the conversation about how funny it is that you don't follow Thim on Twitter and how you're going you're gonna to avoid following him on Twitter for as long as it. possible. In fact, I, I think you used it. to follow him and you unfollowed him just because of this podcast. That's right. When I met you in L.A., I was like, oh, maybe I'll give this guy a follow. And then I thought it was all crap. So I just <laughs> figured out I would you know, take that's one fair. less spam off my feed. I get that. I get that. That's fair. That's, that's all you needed. <laughs> you happy with that? You're okay with that answer. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I love it, but I understand it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 
All right, well, so now that you've gotten that out of your way and uh, clearly not the resolution that you were hoping for, because I don't think anywhere in there he committed to actually <laughs> oh, following you. Oh, he wanted me to I think like, that's what get he was, my phone. Yeah, and, I think that's what he was angling at. I was hoping for it. Can we go further and actually block him on your thing? Report him. Report <laughs> Try to get them <laughs> shut down. I mean, hi, Tim. I'm sorry, what were you guys talking about? <laughs> Connection's bad over here. Connection's kind of rough here. It's not, not great. It's windy. Uh, so yeah, so we're here in the Bahamas. We're relaxing now. Uh, but you just had your first weekend back at a racetrack. It's been seven months since Pocono. And uh, you made it to the Grand Prix St. Petersburg, which was very exciting, I know, for a lot of people at the track. But I think more than anybody, it was exciting for you. And uh, I'm just curious, man. How did, how did your first weekend back go? How was it? It was busy. Yeah. It was you busy. You agreed to do a lot more stuff than I thought you were going to. Yeah. It, uh, honestly, it felt almost like um, a race in Toronto. Right. In terms of like schedule-wise, but then I just wasn't driving. Right. Um, and then the uh, next difference was when I was like on the smart side of the pit wall. <laughs> on, on, your, on, your, on your timing stand. That's not a kind comment, right? Um... You know, everyone just wanted their, their photo of me with the headset on and film crews and stuff. So I actually had to talk to the team to make sure that it was fine and not distracting for them. Right. Because I didn't want to, you know, affect your race in any way. But uh, it was crazy. You know, when I left St. Pete at the end of 2007, 2018. Yep. Um, 2018. Sorry, I had an accident. Um, <laughs> in 2018. Um, you know, they were chanting my name as I walked back into the paddock, um, obviously for different circumstances. Um, and then this year, you know, I walked in, everyone was chanting my name and it was just every time, um, people saw me, they were just clapping and applauding and wanting photos. And it was honestly, I felt like the entire Twitterverse was like at that race. You know, it was just, uh, all the love that I've gotten on social media seemed to, um, all be there, which I know that's not the case, but it was, uh. <laughs> It was just, it was an amazing experience and it was, it was busy. I was definitely very tired on Sunday night, but, uh, you know, I think it was well worth it. What, when did you make the decision to, to make it to the race in St. Pete? A lot of it depended on, um, my rehab and the state of my rehab. If I was kind of in a happy spot where I felt like I could actually take a couple of days off, um, and you know, go to the race. You know, and there's also a lot of, you know, medical things that might arise that could cause issues that could have made me not go and have to cancel. But luckily everything worked out and we're able to go. Um, Carla was able to move some stuff around her schedule so she can make it to the race as well. Because I wasn't going to, I don't think I was going to make it there on my own. Right. <laughs> um, you know, she's carrying a lot of weight, but uh, metaphorically and sometimes physically. Sometimes literally. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's just everything just worked out, and I think also with TV and everything, it, you know, it was just uh, stars aligned and we were able to make it. Was there, uh, was there someone or something in particular that you were looking forward to seeing at the racetrack? Because you hadn't been back to a racetrack. You know, we talked when we did our uh, livery unveil in Denver back yep. in January, how that was the first time you'd seen a race car, which I, I didn't even, I just hadn't even clued into me. I haven't even thought about it like that. Yeah. So now you were fully immersed back in a race weekend. Was there something that you were really looking forward to seeing or somebody that you were really looking forward to seeing? Uh, smelling race fuel. Really? <laughs> just the smell of burning yeah. high octane race fuel? Yeah. 
And every time, like, leave the pits and just, like, you know, smelling burnt rubber mixed with some exhaust and fuel was uh, something I miss. You, you're around it your entire life. And then to spend really the most time you've ever spent away from a racetrack. Right. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was just nice to be back. There wasn't really one in particular person. You know, everyone in the IndyCar community visited me at some point um, <laughs> while I was in the hospital and various hospitals. And it, uh, except Thim never came. Yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of goes without saying. Yeah. I, I figured you didn't want me to. <laughs> well, I guess my unfollow made that pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, was, what was the best part about being back? What was the best part of the weekend for you? It's, on, it's hard to pick one. You know, I think having, just being back at a racetrack and kind of helping the team kind of help, help you when I could and just give my words of wisdom when when I felt I could squeeze one in without it like interrupting people I mean that was the, kind of the weirdest thing about being back was to try find like my footing in a new place you know role within the team and even though I don't have a defined role I didn't know you know once when you're on track and I was on your stand like when I should speak where I should speak um, and I always kept on saying like well if it were me right. I would like this right would I would James want to like know that? this, yeah. or I would want someone to say that. Yeah. Um, but um, to pick out one thing, you know, it, it's it was just the the fans. You know, it wasn't one in particular, but just all of them. You know, every single time they saw me, the amount of Robert Wickens merchandise that was walking around was pretty impressive for someone that's not even racing this year. And I think, uh, you know, I did a, a personal autograph session on Sunday morning that was 45 minutes long and I wasn't able to get through everybody. It was just like, and um, it shocked me. I, I was worried we were going to get there and the line was going to be like six people. Right. You know, and we got there and it was zigzag. 600 people. Zigzagged across the whole thing and it was so nice to um, meet everybody and the, like some of them getting very emotional on how inspirational I've been towards them and their struggles with what they're going through. and. It made me feel that, you know, I mean, I'm doing everything for me because I'm, you know, selfish and I didn't really think... I don't think, I don't think it's selling selfish But I just never thought of kind of the, the effect that it would have, it's, you it's, know? It's kind of this added bonus, right? I mean, you made, a, you made a very conscious decision, and we've talked about this, and I've talked to other people about this. Um, a lot of times, especially athletes, when they've, when they've been injured they kind of just disappear and they don't want to share their story. And you made a very conscious decision to be very public with your rehab and, and public with your journey and your recovery. And I think that was incredibly brave. I mean, I, from my side, I thought it was just incredible that you decided to do that and that you've been letting people along in this journey with you. But the, the sort of knock on effect of that is, yeah, I think you have touched a lot more people than you were probably expecting and inspired a lot of people in a lot of ways and given people you know, reasons to be happy when they're down or, you know, put light in their life at a time when it might it might be needed, you know. And I know that's not the motivation behind why you did it, but that must be a pretty cool feeling knowing that you just going through your daily routine is actually helping a lot of people out there that are following along with you. No, it is. And, the, and it, you know, it, it comes back to my side as well. Like when everyone's telling me how, you know, motivational I am and how much I just like inspire someone when I have that day where I'm feeling groggy I'm just like well I have to do it to keep <laughs> inspiring in, in a way and it you know it, it's kind of gone both ways where actually being very open about the whole procedure is um 
kept me motivated and makes me want to be better because every single time I want to share something, I want to make sure that even I see my progression. For sure. You know, not even really for for the fans or for anyone watching or you know, but the main reason, um, just so it's clear, the main reason Carly and I agreed to like once we spoke about it was just we couldn't find any video or any information, information really. on what a T five incomplete spinal injury looked like. Right. And what the rehab looked like. Because we thought we were going to go in the rehab and the next day learn how to walk and I was going to be out of there in a couple of weeks. You know, now I'm seven months in and I'm still rehabbing. You know? Right. And, um, and even the thing that frustrates me is with the way social media works is, you know, unfortunately, there's still primarily positive things that I'm posting. And there's always those days I wish I had the motivation or the even like the courage to kind of just post one of those down days where like everything sucked there was no progression there was you know I'm in pain I just like I'm emotional I don't want to be in rehab anymore and you just kind of get in that you dip your toe in that like water of negativity well of negativity yeah. and it sucks you in and, and you don't really know where it takes you and you know but on those days you always kind of just go off the radar and go off the grid but they uh, they do happen it's not all sunshine it's not all you know, but, great days. So do you, but do you think it would be in a way almost therapeutic to share one of those days? Because you know that, like you say, the comments that you get back every time you post, regardless what you post and everything that you posted up to this point, has been very, you know, inspirational for a lot of people and impressive for a lot of people. But if you had a day like that, do you think that it, would, it might actually help? Cause you know, all the comments that you get back would just be super motivating back to you. And those same people that you've been helping would almost try to help you get through one of the rough days. Uh, I don't know to be honest. I'm not. I'm not really a comment reader. Right. Um, I It'll just. Be hard I just, to keep up with the amount of comments that you've been getting. <laughs> um, I just see kind of the quantity, and that's kind of what makes me think like, wow, that's pretty cool. Right. Um, and then like I'll get a text from a friend, and they're like, hey, Lewis Hamilton commented on your photo, and I'd be like, oh, neat. And I'll go like check it out. Right. But apart from that, like I'm not really one to scroll through. Um, which I feel bad sometimes, you know, because some people are sending some very heartfelt messages in there and I'll, you know, I guess occasionally you kind of go for that scan, but definitely not uh, looking for every individual that has done anything. Well, the problem is, is you're too busy. I mean, people see the odd posts, the odd 30 second video of, you know, what you guys are up to and uh, and the improvements and everything, but I don't, I don't know if they really understand the full extent of what you know, your daily rehab is like. So if, if you don't mind, could you share a little bit of what kind of the average day in the life of Robert Wickens is like right now? Yeah, normally uh, a day in a Monday to Friday. Normally not in the Bahamas. Yeah, I normally was... <laughs> not in the Bahamas. Yeah, so it would be typically up at around 6, 6.30, um, get some breakfast in, get ready, um, get to the gym for 9 o'clock. And then um, it's basically six-hour day of, of rehab with some small breaks in between for, for lunch and, and various other things. Um, normally, I get back to uh, my hotel at around 5 p.m., cook up some dinner, and do it all over again. So it's they're busy weeks. They're like 30 to 35-hour um, training weeks, and it's all uh, it's really intense. So kind of the hammer home what you're saying. Like, you just don't really have time. And when I get home... I'd like to, I've been a big fan even my, in my racing career to have two separate lives. Right. You know, I can't live, yeah. eat, sleep, motorsports. I wanted to kind of get back from the track and 
wind down with something completely different. Yeah. And uh, so it's actually hard because I'll get home and I'll have to do the family updates. Right. And you just have to talk about the same thing over and over again. And I mean, obviously I love my family, but at the same time, I'm just like, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I've been doing it all day. I just want to like forget about it and like watch the Netflix or something. And uh, so you always have to find that time. But uh, they're, yeah, they're tough days, but they're also really rewarding. For sure. It's, uh, it's funny, you, you know, you talk about having to update the family all the time and all the rest of it. Uh, I kind of remember this a little bit when I had my accident in 2015, but is there one, especially after, you, after going through this weekend now, having been at the track and reuniting with a lot of people that you know and meeting a lot of fans, you know, complete strangers, whatever, that just wanted to say hi, is there a question that you're tired of answering? Is there like one specific one that is just, you're just kind of really over answering at this point? Um, it, there is, and it's not, it's not a question, right? It was just all through St. Pete, everyone was just like, you're going to make it back. And I'm just like, and every time I was like, that's the plan. And it was just like, yeah, every like minute almost yeah, yeah. just seemed like, and obviously, but we're, we're, we're working and, it, for. and it's not like anyone listening. It's not obviously anything negative. I'm happy that you guys said it and we're supportive, but it was just one of those things. I'm like, man, yeah. I say that a lot, Yeah. but it's all, it's all encouraging, you yeah. know? And I, I it is my plan to, to get back. And I think, uh, you know, it's just, at the end of the day, it's just really cool to see, um, you know, the passion that IndyCar fans have and really the fact that they are behind me, that they, like, they sincerely mean that I'm going to get back. They're not just saying it to, like, be kind, you know. For sure, for sure. Guys, I remember when I, the thing people, I don't know why it was, it was such a weird thing to say, but it was so common. People would be like, man, so 2015 really didn't go as planned, huh? And it was like media members too. It wasn't like just, it was like in interviews and stuff. But I'd be like, yeah, no, I know. I mean, I was trying to kill myself and I just didn't pull through. <laughs> it's like, what kind of a, that didn't go to play. No, I, I'm aware of that. Thank you. So, uh, no, was it that said you just should have steered more? Yeah, I think it was actually Thim. Oh. I think it was Thim who was just like, yeah, you, you should have just. Oh, I think turning. I read that in one of his tweets. Yeah. Oh, no, no, because you don't follow him. So. Is he private? Definitely not. I am not. I wish no. he was private. That way he wouldn't be subjecting the rest of the public to his lunacy. Hey guys, we have a bit of news we're excited to share with you. A friend of the show and an occasional roommate, Connor Daly, has teamed up with Jim Aiello from the Indy Star with a new IndyCar podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. It's part of the Indy Star Sports Day podcast, and we'll have a link for you in the episode description. So go check it out now. Well, no, no. Don't check it out now. Listen to the rest of this episode first and then go check it out. Or like, like listen to us, take a break, maybe go to the bathroom, grab a beer, and then listen to Connor. Just make sure you make it over to the Indie Star podcast to listen to Connor and Jim eventually, but not, not until you're done listening to us because we're still, you know, we're still here already and more important. Um... What uh, what's the plan for the rest of the season? How many races do you think you're going to make it to? What's the what's the program you're you're working on? It's it's a floating target, you know, because right now rehab's my priority, um, and depending on energy levels, everything like that, this is kind of this one almost doesn't count because I'm going to get back to rehab with some quite a bit of energy because we've been <laughs> but R and R relaxing the, the last couple of days, right. but. Uh, you know, I don't know how I'm going to feel if I fly back Sunday night and try to get to therapy Monday morning. Um, definitely worth a shot and see how it goes. But um, 
for the immediate future, I don't really know what, if I don't have a schedule of what races I'm going to attend. I'm going to try to do as many as possible, but I don't want it to affect my rehab at all. No, for sure. You got, you got a more important goal at the moment. As much as we love having you there, and you are genuinely very helpful at the racetrack for us. It was, uh, it was huge for us to have you there, huge for me to have you on the stand, and I really enjoyed it. Um, we actually have Carly sitting here as well. And uh, I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious from your point of view, what uh, what was the what was the the thing you were least I, I, the, the most surprising part about the St. Pete weekend for you coming back to the racetrack, all this attention on Rob and everything that's gone on and you guys and was there a, was there a part that stood out that was like harder than you were expecting, not as hard as you were expecting? Honestly, the. A thing that I was—I wasn't expecting Rob to have as much energy as he did. I thought he would be a lot more tired and exhausted at the end of the day. I'm the freaking energizer, but yeah. you sure are, man. I had the same concern. He was such a trooper. He yeah. did so well. You agreed to do way more stuff than I would. Have. It was crazy. We I were, think you did more stuff than I did. Yeah, definitely. We were constantly doing something, and it was. Just I never like, saw you. No. Yeah, well, it was like during the sessions, we and like when you. in the engineering when meetings, you could eventually get like, to the. I was on like yeah. on the other end. I couldn't even see you. Yeah. It was a lot more work than an average race weekend. Like if if Rob was racing, right, this was way more work than when Rob raced. Right. I mean, for me at least, I get to usually hang out with the girls and relax, have lunch. You're kind of like a lot, but this time bodyguard, go, go, go. caretaker, yeah. organizer, bodyguard, stretcher, PT, the karate chopper, karate chopper, pill uh, reminder, the karate chopper. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so people kept on hitting us um, back again, showing their support. If they couldn't like shake my hand or anything, they would just like pat me on the back, and I was getting a lot of like pain and discomfort from like some some nerve pain that I was having still from the injury. And so when people would go for like the back slap, you know, it's, it's, it's we, an affectionate thing. It is, and it, again, it's just they want to show their support, support for and, sure, and they want to show like affection, right? For sure, and they can't shake my hand because I'm wheeling the chair. So they would just pat me on the back. And um, so Carly and, and, and some others were having to get out the judo chops and, <laughs> and, try, and, try, and trying to run interference and, and block them from happening. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that, that pain, I mean, if anyone's been through that with nerve pain, like it feels like you're being stabbed in the back. Right. Like it's not fun. <laughs> well, they're also different. So it's like one of those three and, I, I, and, I, and everyone's different. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And depending on the way I'm touched or you know, the position that my muscles currently in or flex when that happens right. it, it always changes so it, uh, it that was, was probably yeah. one of the negative parts of the weekend was For sure. kind of just taking it on the chin every time it happened because I didn't want to um you don't want to just disrespect. get mad, right? Because yeah, they don't yeah. know. No, no, right. for sure. And I feel terrible, but at the end of one of the days, I just finally like exploded, and I feel so bad for the one guy who who was the, who, the recipient of that, who, who took the frustration I had over an entire day, because um, I could see that he felt awful, and I felt awful that he felt awful, because he was again the same thing. He was just so happy to see me. Yeah, and, yeah. People don't know, and and that's why we made that tweet so that people could understand for Sunday, right? Yeah, I remember the first time I did it. I mean, like, it's, I'm I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I was saying goodbye. We were was visiting you, and saying goodbye, and I was hugging you. I was patting you on the back, and I stood up, and you were like, "Just for future reference, <laughs> really, uh, really love it when you don't pat me on the back where I've just had 
back surgery. I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's how a good I've point. been this whole week in the Bahamas is putting sunscreen on Rob's back and I have to rub it in. I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> In advance. The worst is like the sunscreen spray because it's like when it goes right down the incision, that cold. It like tickles. But is it, it like burns? It like, I purposely do it, it right down the incision it like, too, so it doesn't. <laughs> I don't want it to scar. Oh, okay. <laughs> it like cold stings, like icy hot, like like, like uh, Tiger Bomb. But it's like icy hot, but in like the diameter, like in the width of a scar. Right. It's like it's like so isolated. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then yeah, it sucks. Not great. Not recommended. Not great. So the other day you send me a text so like you know kind of just going back to your schedule like i it's you're the hardest person to get a hold of of anybody i know like we tried we tried to coordinate a call together like i think it took us four days to finally get on the phone well, it's not like you're sitting on the couch doing nothing either fair, well fair yes fair uh and so uh we so you finally you sent me a text after a couple days we had chatted you sent me a text and you're like yeah i'm just heading out i'm just heading out in the car i'll call you back in a second and I thought it was because he was going somewhere, you know, like getting in, a, in an Uber or something. But no, he was getting out in a road car because you got to drive a hand-controlled road car again and get back on the road. Yeah. So you had you had the power back in your hands, brother. How was that? I literally in my hands. Literally in your hands. Yeah. Um, honestly, it was it was frustrating. Really? Yeah, it was because I wanted to like use my legs, and I. When I just couldn't do it, and it was kind of just like right at the beginning, I kept on trying to do it, and nothing would really happen the way I wanted to. And then after that, I just finally committed to okay, I'm not gonna think about that and just do the hand control. But right. It's like it's cool to learn something new, but on the same side, it's just like there's some things you just don't want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and and this and this was one of them because it was just like you know. I've been driving with my feet for 22 years. Right. She started karting when I was seven years old. Yeah. You know, and uh, and now it's kind of learning learning a new a new step in my life. But it's um, in the end, it was it was easy to get the hang of. Um, yeah, was it was did it end up being kind of pretty intuitive at the end and like pretty natural feeling? I wouldn't say it's natural yet. Right. You know, and it definitely wasn't the hand control setup that I would want permanently right but you know it was it was literally like a, a dmv road test so i had to do a full test and i got my hand control certification so now i'm ready to rock um, once i'm finished with rehab and get the hand controls into my mdx and, and kind of get up and running right and then i know obviously <coughs> our <coughs> excuse me our sponsor arrow electronics has uh built a car uh, for Sam Schmidt um, that you use, you know, head controls you know, as, a, as a quadriplegic so he can drive. And I know that there's been conversations about getting involved uh, in developing a hand control car. Is that something that you guys are working on? Yeah, because I, I have a feeling that Arrow is going to probably play a big role on whatever accessibility I'll need to get back into IndyCar. And um, since I have to learn everything all over again, I would really like to kind of keep consistency across road car and race car so the dream is to have the same type of hand controls on my road car so when i get into the race car it can almost start be becoming second nature again for sure um so we're definitely going to be in be in contact and hopefully once once all that gets up and running we'll uh 
yeah, try to get some consistency and some, um, yeah, go from there. Go from there. Is there the option of getting a simulator built with that same kind of technology to kind of help get you in the rhythm? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of evaluating everything, like not leaving a stone unturned. We're talking with uh, with Honda and their sim to see what sort of handbrake options we can do, and it, it, and it goes deeper than that. We need to find out really what is gonna happen on a regulation side, because I think as you know, as an IndyCar driver, um, the brake pressure that's needed to stop the car at a high, at a, to be competitive, right, um, is something that's arguably unachievable with one arm, right, um, and uh, so we don't know. Obviously, we can change the throws and do all that stuff and change master cylinder sizes to try to be able to generate the same thing. But you only have so much space in a cockpit that's already really small, and you never use so many. There's a lot of things to to evaluate, but right. we need to see what. Uh, we can do from a regulation side of things to to make it available for me to drive an IndyCar because I think it's it's not as uh, clear cut as it might seem, I guess, for my return. Well, bud, I uh, it's I mean I I love the fact that you're already driving a road car. I can't wait to see you back in a race car. Can't wait to bang wheels with you again. Uh, you're an inspiration. I mean, you were an inspiration to me behind the wheel long before any of this happened. You've been an inspiration to me. Uh, and countless others uh, in the last seven months and everything that you've done. And it's uh, it's awesome that you were willing to come on and, and share some of that. I know a lot of the fans were, are going to love to hear some of the things that you had to say and they weren't able to see in St. Pete and all the rest of it. So thank you very much. We wish you continued success and rapid progression in your uh, in your recovery. And uh, and hopefully we'll see you at many more races uh, during this IndyCar season, man. And uh Rob, Rob and Carly, I just want to say, like, from the bottom of my heart, uh, my Twitter handle is at the Tim Durham. <laughs> you can just follow it whenever you want. Carly doesn't follow me either. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was, like, C6B2-something. <laughs> no, that's my secret one. Oh. Do I follow that one? I yeah, Probably. But seriously, man, uh, thank you for coming on, and, and, and thanks for being so inspirational to everybody. No, thanks, Tim. He's like, no, it's super <laughs> selfishly motivated, remember? Your, your words really, really, really mean, really mean a lot to me. <laughs> oh, my God, he's just, like, straight chirping you. That's great. This is wonderful. He can come back on the show anytime he wants. Oh, no, I, well, we're booked. We're booked that day. <laughs> thanks for giving me your Twitter handle so I know who to report. <laughs> Very well said, Rob. I don't think we could have said it any better ourselves. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and occasionally Rossi. Just kidding. We wish Alex all the best in the 12 hours of Sebring coming up this weekend. We thank Rob for coming on the show. Uh, Thim, I guess you're here too. And uh, from the Bahamas, that is it from us. Uh, we'll talk to you guys, I don't know, round about Coda. Take care. Hey everybody, Thim here. I wanted to tell you about a podcast I was recently a guest on. It's called Motherfuckers, a parenting podcast. Uh, now I will give you a little heads up. Unlike us, they don't use bleeps, so this is for uh, mature audiences only. But if you're ever curious to hear about the non-race car driver part of this podcast, uh, you can hear me talk about uh, my life as a single father. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. It's Mother F Asterix 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 ERS, a parenting podcast.
Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.